0: You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes.
1: Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am your gracious host, Rico Muhammad, and this is the Rates and Lanes podcast I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to join us tonight. Tonight we will be joined by, I like to, I have dubbed him as our resident mentor. Chuck Snow will be on to uh, answer and field any questions or concerns that you may have, anything that you might want to know on how to grow your small fleet, your small company. Uh, we want to try to get good, solid, expert advice, and Chuck is definitely someone that we value his opinions on. Because uh, he's been there, done that. You know, he runs the uh, Traffics is his company, which is the oldest and largest brokerage that's up above the border, up in Canada. But Chuck is, uh, you know, he runs on both sides of the border. And it's not a whole lot of difference um, as far as growing the the, the the difference between growing your company on the Canadian side and growing it here on the United States side and um Chuck has been so gracious to take time out of his schedule to come on and join us and and be that resident mentor for us here. So if you have any questions or anything about growing your company, growing your fleet, uh, anything that might be a stumbling block for you, tonight will be a great time to ask a question. Uh, There's no such thing as a dumb question, so make sure you get in up and on board when Chuck comes on with your questions, and we will try to make sure that we get those answered. Not saying that um, you may necessarily like some of the answers that you're given, but that but that's what being mentored. That's what that's all about. You know, that's what being coached. That's what that's all about. Some of the you know the greatest athletes in the world still have coaches. You know, even though they may be the best in their craft, they have someone that 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 kind of uh, tweaks some of their little quirks and th- different things that they may not be doing as best as they possibly could to help them get the desired results. And that's what tonight's show kind of surrounds, you know, taking advice from someone that's kind of been there, done that, and and at a level to where you may see yourself or you may want your company to be one day. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, we're going to jump over into this week's USDA Fruit and Vegetable Report there is a link of the report up and copied on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page for your viewing pleasure. You can go over there and click on that report to get a copy of it, um, and you will see exactly what it is that we're going to talk about here briefly. And the reason that we go over this report is to try to identify certain areas within the United States where there may be potential on-the-spot market Uh, particularly for a lot of the refrigerated carriers, but some fruits and vegetables have the ability to also go on every mode of transportation, flatbed, step decks, even dry vans. So there may be some potential to be had by viewing this report uh, and, and taking advantage of the opportunities that may present themselves throughout the country. And we only go over the, truck availability portion of this report. There's a lot more information that is in this report. There is some rate information that is on this report, for, but for new listeners and people that are not familiar with this report, the rate information that is contained in the report is not the most accurate information in the world. I wouldn't put a whole lot of credence in that information because uh, the USDA doesn't really have a proper way to vet that information. So someone could just report a number to the USDA, and they will take that as the gospel. And we all know that that uh, that can have a really, really bad effect if you're trying to get some of the reports. And I'll give an example of that, as a matter of fact, once we get a little bit deeper into the report. But starting off right now, the availability, uh, there are only two markets that are showing slight shortages that indicate that there may be some opportunities in those areas, and those areas are Idaho and Merrill County, Oregon, and Columbia Basin at Washington. Those two particular areas are showing slight shortages. Jumping over, we have a bunch of areas that are showing adequate supplies of trucks. And moving over to places that you might want to avoid, San Luis Valley, Colorado is showing a slight surplus of trucks. Minnesota, North Dakota, Red River Valley area is showing a slight surplus of trucks. And there is an outright surplus of trucks at the Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona border area right now. And just to give you guys an indication on what I meant by the rate information that is being posted, on uh, the USDA, you can look and it's in, in, at the different uh, markets that are on the report. And just as an example, they're showing that, uh, and, and I can tell you this for a, a, a definite fact, South Georgia is showing movement of, of beans, corns, cucumbers, eggplants, green peppers, squash right now. But they're showing that there's an adequate supply of trucks in that area. But to move from South Georgia just to, say, Atlanta, it's showing that the rate that the USDA is reporting is $1,000. bucks. i am telling you right now, that's not. Uh, you might be good to get in the neighborhood of 600 bucks on that particular lane. Uh, to another lane from South Georgia to Baltimore is showing 2000 bucks. That's a little rich. So that's that's what I mean by, the rate information that is contained in this report, you have to be a little, little bit cautious. Make sure that you have a better way of vetting, and 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 the best way to uh, always deal with rate information is make sure that you are doing your numbers. Make sure that you are doing your homework. That you have your numbers uh, for your cost of operation together, and that you're not setting yourself up to be moving rate uh, freight at a uh, at a discount or at a loss. That's the only time that, you know, that cheap freight is a bad thing. Uh, if you're moving freight and you're losing money while you're moving that freight, then that's, that's the pure definition of cheap freight. Jumping over, moving right along over to the DAT trendlines report, there is also a link to this report up on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page for your viewing pleasure as well. You can go over and take a look at that over at Rates and Lane's Facebook page. And this week, for October 9th through October the 15th, low postings on the West Coast slowed after weeks of high demand, but volumes and rates were up in the southeastern markets following Hurricane Matthew. Nationally, the van rates fell two cents and reefer rates slipped by one cent, while flatbed rates held steady but the load-to-truck ratios were up on all, across all transportation types. So let's take a deeper look into the report and jump into the U.S. van demand and capacity portion of this report. Load availability rose 4%, and truck postings increased less than 1% last week, which caused the load-to-truck ratio to rise 3%, to 2.9 loads per truck, the national average van rate also fell by two cents compared to the previous week. The national average price of diesel was up by 1.6%. The national average diesel price is $2.48 per gallon. And let's take a look at the U.S. van rates for the previous week of October 9th through the 15th. And we have van rates were down 2 cents week over week, down to $1.66 per mile. Rates are still 4 cents higher than the September average. Hurricane Matthew caused rates to rise in the major southeast markets, and rates were also up in Dallas, but fell in Chicago. Taking a look across the country, we try to break this segment down by uh, regions. In, in the northeastern region, the spot market rate for drive-ins coming out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, shows at a dollar sixty-seven cents per mile on average. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States. We have Atlanta, Georgia checking in, showing the average spot market rate at $1.91 per mile on average. Into the Midwest, we have Chicago checking in, showing an average spot market rate of $1.99 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, excuse me, south-central portion of the United States. Dallas, Texas checking in showing average spot market rates for dry vans at 53 cents per mile. Out west, we have Los Angeles, California setting the benchmark for dry vans showing the spot market rate coming out of Los Angeles at $2.05 per mile. Moving on over to the flatbed demand and capacity portion of the trend lines report. In the week following Hurricane Matthew. Flatbed load postings increased 10% while truck postings held steady. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to increase by 10%, up to 14.7 loads per truck. The national average flatbed rate was unchanged compared to the previous week. Moving on over to see how rates were performing for the week of October 9th through the 15th, Flatbed rates did not surge in the week following Hurricane Matthew. Flooding may have prevented some loads from moving at all. Last week, the national average rate for flatbeds held steady at $1.92 per mile, while the load-to-truck ratio increased 10%. So let's take a look around the country, beginning in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Harrisburg, Pennsylvania checking in, showing $3.08 per mile on average for flatbeds. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia checking in, showing $2.08 per mile on the spot market for flatbeds. In the Midwestern portion of the United States, Rock Island, Illinois checking in, showing average spot market rates for flatbeds at $2.28 per mile. Moving down into Houston, the south-central portion of the United States, spot market rates coming out of Houston at $1.94 per mile on average. And moving out west, Phoenix, Arizona checking in, showing the average spot market rate for flatbeds coming in, bringing up the rear at $1.60 per mile. Jumping on over into the reefer demand and capacity report for the week of October 9th through the fifteenth, uh, Reefer load postings were up 4% last week while truck postings were unchanged. The, this resulted in a 4% increase in the load-to-truck ratio, jumping up to 5.8 from 5.6 loads per truck the national average spot market rate for reefers declined one cent compared to the previous week. So let's take a look and see across the board how the rates were performing on the spot market nationally. And as soon as my computer loads up, the national average reefer rate slipped one cent compared to the previous week, down to $1. ninety-one cents per mile despite a one-cent increase in the national average fuel surcharge. Taking a look nationally, beginning in the northeastern portion of the United States, Elizabeth, New Jersey, checking in, showing spot market rates for reefers at $1.75 per mile. Down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Lakeland, Florida, showing a paltry $1.15 per mile on average spot market rates coming out of Lakeland. Moving over into the Midwest, Green Bay, Wisconsin setting the benchmark for reefers, spot market rates showing $2.74 per mile. Moving now into the Rio Grande, the south-central portion of the United States, McAllen, Texas, checking in, showing average reefer spot market rates at $1.79 per mile. And moving out to the West Coast, Fresno, California, checking in. Wrapping up the report at 86 cents per mile for spot market rates for reefers out of Fresno, California. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the DAT spot market report. And one last and final report before we get to our special guest, Mr. Chuck Snow. And this is the portion of the show that uh, hopefully you guys are taking notes on. Are you being diligent when you're doing your low bookings? If you are doing spot market bookings, this is the bad broker report. And this week we have a couple of new additions to the report that were not on here last week. This week we have added for you heavy haulers out there, American Heavy Haul and Logistics LLC. Their MC number is six eight two seven six two. Surety bond canceled, over $5,000 in non-payment complaints reported. They are considered an extreme risk. Cascade Logistics, LLC, MC number 940289, over $11,000 in non-payment complaints reported. They are considered an extreme risk. Marco Logistics, LLC, and Macro Transportation, LLC, Their MC number is 736882. They have over $5,000 in non-payment complaints, and they are considered a high risk. And the last one to make the wall of shame, Coast to Coast United LLC. Their MC number is 973401. FMCSA shows trust fund canceled over $32,000 in reported non-payment complaints. They are considered an, an, an extreme risk to all. That, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up our little monologue portion of the show. Now we want to go and bring on, <clears throat> like I say, our resident mentor. You guys have an excellent opportunity. If you have any questions whatsoever, now is the time to be pressing number one, getting your call screened and getting your question up and on board. And with that, no further ado. Let's bring on our resident mentor, Mr. Chuck Snow. Chuck, how are you doing, sir?
0: We're doing well, Well, Rico. How are you doing tonight?
1: I really can't complain. Uh, we're trying our best to try to make some headway on this end, and it's always a slow and tedious process, but we are embracing the process. And, you know, the beauty, it's a beautiful struggle, as they say.
0: <laughs> it certainly is. That's why we're in this game, because we love it. It becomes addictive
1: absolutely absolutely what's new and what's going on with you on your end
0: well you know we're we're getting busy um getting busy or we're seeing uh certainly an upswing uh we're in the christmas mode so you know when you're in the, this time of year um uh, third week of october getting on yeah third week of october already um Christmas goods are coming and going, so it is, uh, its is – we're going at breakneck speed all over. Things are – overall, they're, they're pretty busy, and that's what we like to see. That's not to say right, that there's not you – know. go ahead. And, what did the report say?
1: Now, yeah, I was reading a little report from those guys over at FTR. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them or not, uh, but FTR and Associates, they do uh, a lot of uh, – reports on the economy and everything. One right. of that guys was saying, you know, he can't really make heads or tails of the uh, the, the tonnage situation across the nation. But, you know, it's fluctuating so much um, that, you know, it's kind of really hard for him to really uh, make any kind of uh, a uh you know, to, to forecast anything. Uh, but like you say, there is seems to be a little bit of movement with the um, – especially down here on this end, with the hurricane helped out a little bit, uh, it also stifled a little bit because a lot of roads in North Carolina and stuff was closed, and I know that hurt the uh, sweet potato shipments coming out of North Carolina because a lot of people couldn't get out in the field, and and as of last week, there was still a lot of houses and stuff that that were under the water that I seen for myself when I was traveling back and forth up through that way. So, uh, you know, it kind of had a little bit of a, of an effect and but it, but also uh that got me to thinking and and maybe you might be able to help us out with this portion as well you know I I thought I'd I throw this one at you. Um doing doing business with the government, getting involved in and in, in trying to be in place when these um, disasters occur. Uh do you do you have any insight on some things on how somebody could uh Put themselves in a position to, to do some business with FEMA. Um, you know what? I, I, I got to
0: tell you, I did one deal with FEMA years ago uh, during Katrina, and it came through. It came through one of the big companies, um, and my experience definitely was not positive. I got to tell you, um, but that's not saying that everybody's has to be like that. And I think Katrina was more of a abdominally, you know, it it was just not a regular occurrence, even for disasters. It was so, so awful. Uh, So I've never uh, done business uh, directly with them, but I have done business with government agencies and there is a protocol you're going to have to have. And uh, you know, as far as insurance, you may have to have, uh, your million-dollar coverage liability coverage will not cover it, especially hauling for somebody like FEMA directly. Now, companies like uh, you know large brokerage houses and the land starts of the world, um, they will get loads, and, of course, they can't cover them all, and they will pay handsomely for them. Um, and sometimes you're better off if you've got a relationship with one of those companies. Uh, you're going to probably be better off to deal with it, especially if you've got one truck to put, to approach FEMA uh, for services for one truck, unless you've got a very specialized piece of equipment, I think it's almost a waste of time. You're just not going to be able to do much. But there are disaster relief organizations, such as the Red Cross, um, that you could always approach in your town and let them know you are available. I really don't know what sort of an impact you're going to make there again as a small operator, especially as a, a single truck operator. Because they don't want to, um, they can't deal deal with 300 single truck operators. It's just, it, it's not effective. Hence, that's why they'll deal with a Landstar or, or with a broker, uh, whether it's C.H. Robinson or, or whoever, because they can just take over the whole job and, and farm it out. It makes a lot more sense for everybody
1: right but there I, I noticed I was on the website um and and i'll I'll go to the website so I'll make sure i if if anybody's interested i'll I'll try to give that website out here in just a little bit but there there is a website where the the uh the government opportunities website where they have a lot of these uh things posted and they they in some instances they are looking for the uh extreme small businesses to participate. Some of this stuff they have set aside for um, for 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 some of the small guys and for small businesses that are in those communities. So that's you know there are some opportunities that may be available for that. And I'll grab that website for um, people that may be interested. But um, where are, where are some other opportunities that may lie for for a small guy when dealing with uh, you know? different things like this? I know you mentioned Red Cross and some of those other things. Anything else that may come to mind while I'm trying well, to yeah, I Well, like, yeah,
0: I would think your companies like um, your lumber companies, uh, everybody's going to need lumber, shingle companies, people that make asphalt shingles. Uh, you get a bad storm, first thing goes is, uh, is the roof. Um, any of the tar companies are shipping loads of tar for waterproofing, things like that. Um, anything that you can think of Uh, that is going to be a component of rebuilding a home. You know, as I've said on this show before, and please, people, don't take this wrong, there's money in misery. Absolutely. Yeah, there is, and if, know. and if
1: you already got your name out there, I know that uh, down in my area, down in uh, Cartersville, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, but the Budweiser plant was—they uh, shut down their plant for a couple of days, and they started uh, instead of doing beer, they they started canning uh, drinking water, and they sent out like uh, seventeen or eighteen truckloads of drinking water um, for to to some of the disaster hit areas. So if you're already uh, if you're marketing and already doing some things in your own backyard, those opportunities, when, when something like that may present itself, you know, uh, you know, as they say, uh, 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 there's no such thing as good luck. There's there's only, uh, you know, being prepared. If you're being prepared (laughs) then you have an opportunity to be able to to go in and and get some of that business.
0: That's right. And, you know, speaking of that, Rico, uh, that brings up a good point. Um, One of the industries that you may be able to, you know, as a single owner operator, uh, you may be able to make some headway with, just even when there isn't a disaster, is the water industry. Uh, There's so much water, bottled water, being trucked around, well, it's actually being shipped around the world, which really, uh, (laughs) that really surprised me. Here in Canada, you know, we're known for our great water And there are some grocery stores you go into, and you can't even find any Canadian water. It's from the Ukraine, it's from Italy, it's from France. It makes no sense. But they truck this stuff around, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know. But an awful lot of water gets trucked from region to region. So that's that's a great commodity. And, of course, unfortunately, when disaster strikes... Uh, bottled water is always needed. So, you know, if you had your name um, with a bottled water company, uh, even if you weren't doing work regularly, I'm sure they would phone you and say, hey, if you've got equipment available, we need it from here to here.
1: Right, right. And I think trying to confirm the website, I'm getting it pulled up here. (laughs) If my computer would cooperate with me, I think that that website is going to be federal business opportunities, FBO.gov, everybody, FBO.gov. You can go on there and you can search different opportunities that may present themselves with the government. But also, before you can actually bid on any of that stuff, you have to get registered through SAMS, which is uh, gov. That's S A M. .GOV. You must be registered through them, and before you can register with Sam, I think you must have a DUNS number. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a there's a few few different hurdles that you have to go over. But uh, but you know, just maybe you can speak to this too, Chuck. You know, just getting your, your making sure that you're doing the the little tedious things to set your business up to be able to even. Uh, be taken seriously, or even compete with for some of these things. Because I know some, you know, uh, smaller people, or smaller shippers, or whatever. It may not matter, you know, whether or not you got a does number or nothing like that. But you know, just maybe you can talk to the point about how much credibility that may show your company, and how you know how serious you are, you know, with 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 doing business just by having those little nuances and things set up for your company.
0: It's You know what, that's going to separate the the winners from the losers. If if you want to have your own, and we always talk about this on this show, having your own customers um, and having good customers that actually pay, you want to have things like a SCAT code. You want to have things like a DUNS number. Um, you know, if you're in an area where there's more sensitive freight, uh, maybe some cross-border freight or else maybe air freight, um, you know, you may want to get CT pat, things like that. Now, all of these things are time-consuming and costly, but it makes the difference between hauling air freight and hauling spring water. And I can tell you, air freight is going to probably pay you a whole lot more than a load of spring water. So doing these things, getting that DUNS number, that's the first step if you're going to haul for the federal government. And So once you have that, now you can go in directly, to, and you can start approaching uh, Sam, and then you can get into uh, to FEMA, and maybe you can get some work, and maybe, and this has happened to me, you get this little section, this little office in the government somewhere, somewhere between your, your county or your city or your uh, state or your federal government, and there's a little office somewhere that needs the services you can provide. And there'll be a, there'll be somebody there that buys those services and he needs you and he needs your truck. But you don't have a hope in hell of getting that business unless, first of all, you have a DUNS number and you have to go through. There's an approval process and we have it in Canada, you know, to uh, to do work with the federal government. It's not easy and they come and they meet you and, you, you know, uh, you have to follow a criteria and you have to have X amount of insurance and all these things. Um, but it's well worth it, and it's the same as dealing with any government, it, and you get paid. That's the nice part. You know, at the beginning of the show, um, you had your, you know, your shame list. Well, I don't think that you, any government is actually going to be on that. I really don't. If they are, then we've got bigger problems.
1: Right, really big problems. <laughs> yeah,
0: but you know, there are opportunities. Um, I've met people that haul uh locally for municipal governments with dump trucks and do quite well and they Absolutely. have a uh, yeah um the road building and there's something else you know you talk about um infrastructure and things like that, and it really depends on um and this is something you can all watch uh after your November eleventh who gets in and depending and really i don't know i haven't heard a lot. About policies, all I've seen really is a bunch of muck throwing. Uh, but as far as changes to infrastructure and infrastructure spending, uh, some governments may spend more than others um, after an election. Depends on who, whether you get Republicans or Democrats, I guess. Um, but that infrastructure spending, see where it's spent. You know, if if you're lucky enough to have a uh, a highway that's going to get a lot of money near your town, maybe you do buy a, a dump trailer and put a wet line on your truck and, and you know, do that type of work.
1: Right. And these are the, all the things, you know, these are philosophical ideas that we kind of throwing out there right now because, uh, and, and, and George, I see you, I'm coming to you in just a second. And if, if anybody else got a question or, or wants to chime in, go ahead and press number one and we're going to get to you as well. We will always welcome caller participation. But uh, back to my point, you know, we want to try to throw different things out because just your regular, normal, everyday, the stuff that we just talked about on the trend lines report and stuff like that, your common uh, freight that goes on a flatbed, a reefer, and a, a, a dry van, you know, unfortunately, those segments have become, uh, for lack of a better term, they commodity. And so you're going to be dealing with, um, especially if you're on the spot market, you're going to be dealing with a really, really, really tough, uh, um, I don't want to say a race to the bottom necessarily, but the the market is never going to get top dollar in those segments dealing on the spot market unless there are extreme circumstances that are abound. That's when there are opportunities that, that can really be exploited on the spot market. Other than other than that, the spot market is just a stopgap, and then you and you relegate yourself to, um, you know, really just trying to keep your nose above water and 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 not going under by dealing with the uh, uh, wholesale rates that you that you're going to be subjugated to by dealing on that spot market. And with that said, I want to bring in a good friend of the show. I hadn't talked to him in in a while. I hope everything is going good with him. I know that he was making a big move here a couple of weeks back and was getting settled into his new digs. Mister George, out of New York, George Heck, how are you?
2: Hey, good evening, gentlemen. How are you guys? Hey, George, how are you? I'm doing very well. You know what, Chuck you 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 made a comment early. About there's money and misery. And I'm going to save that. Because I have not heard that. But it so makes sense. But I want to stress to people. If it's in a situation of. uh, I want to go in a fine line here. Of Okay. Where the true need is there. Whether it be natural disaster or something like that. Fine. But if you're going to sit here and wait around on a Friday night. For somebody's misery. and, And do it via load board and brokers. All you're going to do is tag your. DOT number and MC number as, you know, a do not call. it's it's you know There's a fine line there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't do much. Or I don't do anything with FEMA, but I will say four years ago when we started our um, company, it was probably right around this time, maybe a little bit earlier, um, Hurricane Irene came up through. friend of ours um, had been contacted by one of his friends, and he took a little bit down in his Toyota with his pickup. For a local fire department. They called him back, said, Hey, can you do more? We have more stuff, but I think we need a bigger trailer. He goes, How big? Long story short, they filled up a tractor trailer. We never scaled it. I know I was heavy, but it was going to Queens. They put it all together. I didn't even have a trailer at the time. We called a local rental company. They donated the trailer. And that was a company I work with. So You know, I donated my time. I was still working, you know, in sales at the time. So it was over a weekend. So it was not a big deal. Andy is taking care of all this, posting updates as he's going on Facebook saying, Hey, I want to raise money for George to cover his costs. More than raised enough to cover my costs. And then we donated what was left over back to it. But I mean, the stuff is out there. And, you know, it comes down to just do the right thing. Just take care of these customers. That's all they want. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse saying it. I'll be honest with you. I'm getting tired of saying it. But I am, you know, Rico. As you had said, we have so much stuff going on. Kim and I do. We just moved into a new house after being in our old house for 24 years. Gorgeous piece of property. We have stuff going on. We have so much going on. I, I'm adding a third truck this year, or at least buying one, looking for a driver to grow. We're going to be asset based. But I, I'm not even out there soliciting business, and I can't stop the phone calls. Just because I'm out there, you know, as Larry Winget talks about the CNC, do what you're, you know, say what you're going to do, do what you're going to say, you know, be honest. Come on, this isn't that tough, you know, and set yourself apart. It's, it's true. It's not that tough. To you got to be. Yeah, and and it's sad to say, you know what? Being, I'm going to say things here, and I know it just pisses people off. And Rico, I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with being polite, clean-cut, show up on time. If you're late, let them know you're going to be late. Just tell them. Don't, don't have them chase you. I mean, I have business that has just been phenomenal and been, you know, caused Kim and I to be very blessed with what we have going on. And really, yes, my sales background of 16 years prior to us starting the company four years ago made a difference, absolutely. But that's where I say to so many people – and there have been a handful that, listen to me, start to make your relationships with these people you want to do business with six months, two years, five years, ten years down the road. Have a plan. Not sit here and think, well, I called them, but they didn't call me yet. They're not going to. And the best freight is never going to be found out there on Get over it.
0: It's so true. And you know what? Uh, I would say well under uh, spoke. Five to ten percent of the people that you leave voicemail for will call you back. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't leave your name and number because I always tell my sales guys, if you call, you don't leave your number, they don't know who calls. Even if you call them mm-hmm. twenty or thirty or forty or fifty times, when they finally answer, they're gonna go they're gonna think, Man, that guy is persistent. Yeah. And that wins brownie points. What happens is so often in sales is salespeople don't follow up enough. And that's where we lose and I'm, it.
2: And Chuck, I, trust me, I'm guilty of that. There are times I'm just not in the mood. It, and that was whether I was in sales, working in golden selling time, as my bosses wanted to call it, You know, where you had to be from right. 8.30 to 4.30, making sales calls, pounding on doors. But you know, you do what you have to do, but sometimes you're not in the mood and you need to figure out a way, okay, how am I going to get through this? But you know, I remember and and I've got the stats. You know, I shared it with Kevin Rutherford and he shared it, you know, one time on the show. You you're going to have a con- need contacts of over 8 connections with somebody, if not over 10 before you get your first opportunity if even bit. And trucking is a whole different ball game. It is, you know, you may have sales experience, you don't have freight experience. It's a different animal. Oh yeah, totally.
0: And you know, it's funny you say that. Um an awful lot. An awful lot of times, somebody will have a uh, a sales background or a, a be a damn good freight broker, and they'll open up a asset division, and they blow their brains out, because that's a totally separate business. And it looks easy. Oh, you just hire a truck, and you you know you buy a truck, and you hire a driver and you put fuel in it and uh, get a license plate and insurance, and away you go. Well, we all know there's an awful lot more to it than that. And that's why but, so yeah. often um, load brokers that open up carrier divisions, I would say about 85% of the time fail because they just they don't understand the business. They understand brokering. And I'm not saying brokering is easy. It's a different business. Totally well, and, yeah.
2: Yes, and the thing is, they may deal with person X. Person X may do a great job, and they keep using them. Right. Person Y may do a horrible job. You know what? They broker enough loads that one person has become such a small percentage they can sweep it under the rug and move on. Oh yeah, and and lick their wounds and say, oh, it'll never happen again, and they hope it doesn't. But. If you look at where the broker side stands, much of it is going to be driven by the commodity side of our industry. You got 20 loads of signals, have, it, have at it. You know, you're not going to see, you know, the, we can sit out there and, and pick on whether it be Schneider or JB Hunt or Swift on their dedicated logistics. Yes, they have problems. Yes, big name with a big, you know, logo on the side. Yes, we all see them when something goes wrong. When you look at the percentage of number of trucks on the road for the problems they have, it's still pretty damn low. But they're clean, presentable, and they're doing all this business and have a sales force out there. And guess what? Nothing against Robinson or any of the other brokers out there. They're not sitting on a load board hitting update, update, update. Come on, is something going to happen today? Don't worry about today. You need to worry about six months or a year from now or five years from now.
1: So now, I, I, I want to I just jump in real quickly, uh, uh, George, because like you say, you guys are the enough. You, you know, you are, you are the exception, not the rule. So for the guy that oh, like the guy that's out here, that is, uh, that is uh, in survival mode, is what I call it. You know, the one, the guys in survival mode, you know, he 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 struggling, trying to just make sure that you know he hell he can put fuel in the truck for the next load. Um, you know, what would be your advice to somebody like that?
2: Do you really want me to answer
1: it? I, I wouldn't have asked the question if I did. I and, and and ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you know the the, the best medicine is is the tough is the is the tough stuff. So don't necessarily take it, don't listen to it, in, in a condescending <laughs> way, as 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 if someone you know is is trying to look down on you, but just. As a check up for yourself, just an analysis for doing a self analysis and say, "You know what because the trucking industry is is a lot different than any well you know most other businesses, most other businesses don't have you know i don't know of a plumber that you know decides that he's going to be his or you know open up his own plumbing business, but he has a well i guess Angie's list might be something like that, but just think about you know." The, where you or someone that's in business can go to a, a board or something like that to try to find uh ways to to actually put revenue into their bottom line other than going out and selling themselves you know uh trucking is one of those one of those anomalies where you know with the wholesale market of the low board where you can actually go out and do that and, and I think that's where a lot of people are ill prepared or ill equipped to be able to deal with um, actually owning or being a motor carrier because we think that we, you know, we can get on the board and and we can make money. And, yeah, you can make some money, but, you know, you're always going to be chasing a dollar um, versus, you know, you're going to be just surviving and not thriving. So
2: so do you want me to answer it or not?
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. Knock it out the park. (laughs) I know I teed it up. Not.
2: Not, not just including myself, I'm looking for company employees. Cowan is out there looking for company employees. J.B. Hunt is. Uh, so many of these co- companies out there are looking for good company guys. God bless everybody's ambition out there for wanting to be an owner-operator. But I'm sorry, we have a huge problem in this industry where guys are going out and buying themselves a job. That's a different ball game. And and I, I, not everyone should be an owner operator not everyone should own their own truck sorry just the facts
0: you know what uh, well said and I, that did that attitude hurts the industry because there's too many trucks for that reason and that's why rates are down
1: right exactly right because people don't know how to Adequately priced themselves, and then it, it was yesterday. Uh, I'm I'm happen to be uh, pulling i pulling a spot market load today, and the broker we were going back and forth, and he was trying to uh, he wanted me to pull it for, uh, I think the rate that he was shoot me for it, it was three hundred dollars less than what I needed for the load to move for, and uh, and we were going back and forth via email, and uh, the email and in the transactions. Uh, going back and forth on the correspondence on the email, you know, he was like, well, you're going to be really close to our load. Do you really do you want the load or whatever? And I, and I just had, I just told him, I said, you know, sir, I wouldn't mind doing the load. It would work out for me because I plan on working over the weekend. However, your load does not pay me, uh, doesn't even cover my cost of operation. And when I hit him with that, you know, when I put that line in there and, and I was telling him what my cost of operation was and I sent the email back, I really wasn't uh, anticipating on doing the load or the hell. He was responded back and said, okay, well, tell me what it is that you need to do the load. For. And I got the load for the price that I wanted to do it for. Uh, but you know, just Rachel, having let that me, basic...
2: Let, let me share one thing, and, 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 you know, my last employer uh, was a large northeast regional LTL company, and I had a very good seven years there before, you know, as, as jokingly, Kim and I talk about, you know, my midlife crisis at 46, wasn't buying a car Corvette or a Harley. I wanted to buy a truck. So I did. Um, but my boss, Kenny has been with that company for nearly 30 years and he saw so much happen in trucking and transportation. And he remembers when everyone was out there buying your freight, you would go into GE in Schenectady. You want the business? I, I had numerous reps, long-time reps, tell me traffic manager came in and started laying sheets of paper down in front of all these people. He was building a house. He said, I want this fridge. You, if you want this business, I want this washer and dryer for you. This is my roof. This is the shingles I want. And that's what happened. But one thing Kenny had said to me, you know, because we always lose emotion in our sales and we get lost in the text and the face and the emails, phone and call. He would say to me, damn you kids, just pick up the phone and talk to these people. Go in and see them. That's a big difference. We're in a different technology now where we just send them a text. Giving up text is one thing, but you know, working with that on a load, I would have said pick up the phone and kind of get in there. What do we got to do here? You know, because there's much difference in your communication when you use, you know, you can detect and, and share the inflection of your voice, the excitement, but you have to control it at the same time. But, the, you know, don't a lot is lost in the emails.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, got a caller that's got a question. George, you got anything else you want to give us to us before we get up out of here? No,
2: no. Rico, I've been saying I need to give you a buzz, but um, let's try to
1: catch up uh, tomorrow or Friday and, um,
2: you know, see what else I can do for you.
1: Absolutely my friend. We appreciate your time. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks nice talking to you, George. Uh, Always a
0: pleasure. Like, like.
1: Uh oh, I'm sorry for the, put to put him back on hold just for a little bit too quickly there. Try to grab Chris before we wrap up and get out of here tonight. Uh Chris, you're up and on live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? If I can get Chris Good to click man. in. There you go, Chris. There you are. It's Chris. It's Bruce. Hey, okay, they got Bruce, yeah. they got Chris in here. How you going, Bruce? Been a while since I spoke to you, I'm, too.
3: Yeah, I know. It is like old time again, hearing you and George talking, and I can't really top that, but, you know, George was talking earlier about how busy he is, and I learned something years ago that if you want to get something done in a community, let's say it's a charitable thing being done, or if you're looking for someone to do a job for you, Almost invariably, the person who is the busiest is the one that's going to find time to do it for you. How true you know true. and and I say that in the sense that you know people people that aren't that aren't out there beating the bushes aren't doing anything they're doing nothing for a reason. Those people that are out there doing something are doing something for a reason and you know, it's it's not just happen chance that busy people are always
1: busy. Very true, yes, sir. Like the old yeah. like the old saying goes, I got plenty of nothing because nothing's plenty for me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but no, you know
3: the other thing, and, and I have to agree with George is that you can't make your business model trying to go out and and run after you know, one crisis to another. That's not going to work, you know.
0: Definitely not. You, know, you, have, you to have to have a solid to... business plan. It's the only way it works.
3: You know, if you want to haul for, uh, you know, uh, you know disaster-type things, go ahead and do it. But, but, but you've got to be in the game all the time before you're going to be able to pull something like that off and, you know, even be there and available before you know, you'll have the opportunity
0: to... Well, there's not, and Chris, you know what, Chris, there's not that many disasters, number one, and number two, the disasters are all over the continent, so it's pretty hard to to be a disaster specialist unless you're going to outfit a trailer with all sorts of chainsaws and emergency equipment and You live in Jersey, and the disasters in California. You're going to have to get out there, you know, within 48 hours. By that time, they may not need you.
3: Well, the other, I do know some people that that run some, you know, construction businesses. Other people that run landscaping businesses, and they have Bobcat skid steers. They have, you know, high loaders. They got pickup trucks with with dozer blades on them, or they have the ability. And those guys make a killing in the three or four snowstorms we have out here in central Kansas because everybody wants their parking lot cleared before the help shows up at seven in the morning. So you know, they're not they're not gonna do it to make a living, but by gum when they when the city of Wichita calls and says we got a hundred miles of street that we gotta get clean in the next four hours and all hands on deck, anyone that's set up is going to be out there doing it. Yep. Or, you, you know, or Cessna
0: and those kind of guys, hey, we need our parking lot cleared, and they don't care what it
3: costs yep. at that point. And
0: and it's absolutely. not that expensive well, to Bruce, buy we're... a plow. What's that? It's really not
1: that Bruce, expensive to buy we're... a plow. No. no. Yes, sir. Well, Bruce, we appreciate the phone call. We're getting ready to uh, try to wrap it up, getting ready. To, i tell you, the hour has just flown by. Chuck, before we get out of here, we got a little time left. Where, what are you guys doing over at Traffics? Where can people get in contact with you, uh, with the brokering side as well? Where are you guys moving some loads out of? Uh, you know, give us give us a contact information and how we might be able to get set up and do some business with you guys.
0: Well, we've got loads. Um, I've got flatbed. A lot of flatbed activity interstate these days, but it's going like all over the place. Uh, so it's You know, it's just luck of the draw. You know, I've got loads going from uh, South Carolina to Maine some days, other days from Maine to uh, Texas, other days uh, Texas to Oklahoma. Other days, you know, I may have something going from uh, Colorado to Mississippi. It's never the same two days in a row. We've always got different things happening. So if you've got equipment, doesn't matter if it's van, flatbed, step deck, uh, double drop, uh, we even use some expedite trucks. Uh, give us a call, 800-388-4352. My extension is 203. Now, this is really important. If you're going to call here, dial my extension 203, leave a message for me. I call everybody back. I'm adamant. It doesn't matter if I have to stay here till midnight. I call everybody back. Uh, you can reach me by email. It's real easy. Chuck. At trafficst.r.a.f.f.i.x.com, T R A F F I X dot com, and send me an email if you need some help with something. Uh, if you want to get set up as a carrier, uh, our carriers get paid right away. As soon as you get delivered, we'll do a comm check. Uh, there's no problem there. And I've got all sorts of work. So, uh, and if you're looking for steady work, I may not have that, but I have random stuff. Um, usually, steady work, we have steady guys on it, but there's Tons and tons of random uh, freight. Plus, we work with um, a lot of the growers and shepherds of produce. So when produce is running hot and heavy out of California, we've got loads of produce interstate as well as coming up to Canada. So we can give you a load going from California or Arizona or wherever it's coming out of, um, Nogales, going into New York or going into Jersey or going into Chicago, whatever we have, uh, but give us a call. We'd love to do business with you. I always enjoy talking to people from this show.
1: Absolutely, and I, and I can vouch for that. You don't necessarily have to speak directly to Chuck if you if you see a load and you're interested in it. Uh, I've done some business with Chuck's company about a year ago now, uh, but got treated very, very fairly. They didn't even know, they didn't know me uh, or, or, or know the relationship that I had with Chuck. And what Chuck was just saying that, you know, he doesn't necessarily have any steady freight right now, but that's all part of building the relationship. You know, sometimes even if your your best customer can be a broker, doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you always have to have a direct customer to have a good customer. Sometimes your good customer can be a broker. If you have a relationship built and they are willing to work with you and and, your, and it works out good for your cost and it works out good for that broker, by all means, cultivate and develop that relationship. And dig a little further, dig a little deeper, and, and you know, you may have a really, really great uh, relationship that's going to be prosperous for everybody involved, the shipper, the broker, and yourself as well. You know, um, but you have to take time to cultivate that relationship, and that starts by doing something that, you know, maybe you know, doing some of the sporadic work here and there, and who knows, if you do a good enough job, it may turn into a, a, a more regular thing and, and, and a, on a regular basis. Just always think about that on that aspect when you're dealing with anybody. And um, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we got a couple more minutes left in the show, a little bit more housekeeping to do before we get up out of here. want to remind everybody about the uh, Henry Sheetan's late latest book that he just put out, Rules of the Road. If you use the promo code, RICO2016, that's R-I-C-O, 2016, you will get a 20% discount at checkout. So you can go and check that out. There's a link for that up on the Racing Lane Facebook page as well. You might have to scroll down the page a little bit, but it's up on there. And also, want to remind everyone about all of the other podcasts. Uh, Kenny Long show, Trucking with Authority, comes on every Tuesday. Make sure you check out Kenny's show. Um, they moved... Some of the information off of here, trying to make sure that I'm giving the correct information, Uh, but they moved some of the information off of here. Um, But you can just go to lesstruck.com for the entire schedule of all the different podcasts, and we want to thank Chuck for uh, taking time out of his busy schedule to join us tonight. Chuck, uh, I know you gave out your information on your um, on the contact information, and you say you got some stuff coming out of California. You guys still doing anything? Uh, uh, like I said, over in North Carolina, I, I moved some blueberries for you guys about a year ago, out of out of this uh, area over here in North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I think that season's uh, that season's had it, and then the uh, the sweet potatoes or the yams they got uh, they got messed up pretty good because of that recent hurricane.
1: Right. Right. And I know that uh, right now, just for people listening in, uh, tomatoes are starting to come out of Florida. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah, once they start moving, we'll have some um, going into the probably northeast and midwest.
1: All right. Well, you guys can keep that in mind. Like I say, for the full show schedule, you go to check out lesstruck.com. The full schedule is available there on the audio roll for all of the different podcasts. And we want to thank everybody for taking time out of their schedule to join us tonight. We look forward to trying to do this again next week. Um I want to thank Kevin and Lisa Rutherford, the entire Less Truck team for providing us the platform to try to bring those to you guys. And also, Want to thank my young daughter for uh, for taking time out of her schedule. Well, there's a little deal that's going on with that. I'm paying for some trips and some college tuitions and stuff like that. So she <laughs> takes <I, I, laughs> time to work that debt off <laughs> by screening, screening the phone calls. my daughter, we thank you for taking time to do that. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys same time, same place.
0: God bless, be
1: safe. Yes, sir. God bless, be safe. Keep it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise, and we'll talk to you guys next week.
0: Have a good night, Rico. Good
1: night, Joe.
0: Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855 800 fuel That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the Ride Down the Audio Road.